Hi, this is Teacher Tales, T-A-I-L-S. I'm Paul Carr. This is Podcast 35. Um, when I lived in Korea, my wife and I were on a bus and we got robbed. Um, wonderful story. So it was published in the Monterey Herald. Here we go. The Glorious Robbery. Stuffed on a jam-packed bus in the thriving Korean port city of Busan, my wife Mira and I found ourselves separated by at least 10 sweaty bodies, arms and elbows not belonging to us pressed in from all sides. Many of the bus passengers held straps over their heads and they swung forward and backwards as the bus moved. Pusan, in those days, contained five million souls. We knew because 10 million feet had stepped on us during the previous 45-minute bus ride. My wife, Korean, blended in well with the crowd, but I, the foreigner, stood out. As the passengers ebbed and flowed with the stops, few people realized that we were together. In Korea, my wife led because she can speak and read her native language far better than I can. Therefore, I followed as faithfully as any puppy trapes after its master. At a stop which I did not recognize, I heard a small, familiar sound, the kind of sound which is far off, yet vaguely identifiable. It resembled a yelp more than anything else. As I looked out of the bus window, I saw a familiar form lying collapsed, unconscious, on the ground as a mob dissipated near it. It was my wife. I pushed my way out and scooped her up in my arms and held her. She had only fainted, I hoped. To my surprise, she jumped straight up and said, He stole my watch. I saw his face. <coughs> Excuse me. Our green public bus had not budged and every face pressed to the glass watched us. My small wife left, leapt back up the stairs onto the bus in a fury with me in tow. She bullied her way to the face of each male on the bus and looked for that one thief. My small, normally gentle wife's hot button had been activated. He took the watch my mother gave me. I wish he took my money or passport, she yelled in Korean and then translated into English for me. The watch, an old Rolex given to her by her elderly mom, easily topped her list of most cherished possessions. The people on the bus, numb, stared at us. Mira, I said, this is ridiculous. Forget the watch. There's no chance of getting it, sadly. She let out a sigh. A few people on the bus yelled to the bus driver and then to Mira. What are they saying, I asked. The passengers are insisting that all of us, together, go to the police station. I said, are they nuts? Again, I tried to dissuade my wife from this absurd waste of time. All in all, five million people lived here. Why bother? But the passengers, God bless them, persisted. And I thought, oh my God, this isn't going to happen in New York or San Francisco, or Hartford, Connecticut, wouldn't happen. So it came to pass that a public passenger bus went miles out of its way to deposit us at a police substation.
There, I assumed our treatment would be cold and unprofessional. Instead, a concerned and smiling policeman calmly noted everything and made a call to the area where we had been robbed, and I huffed. What a waste of time. However, within 20 minutes, the policeman wanted a more accurate description of the watch. My name is engraved on the back, Mira said. And near the four, there's a stain. Please wait here, he told us. In 15 more minutes, he presented the watch to her. My jaw fell. The band was broken, but this was her watch. How is this possible, I asked. The officer explained, your wife was hit by a gang of pickpockets who used the bump and push method. One of them spotted her watch, and at a stop, he grabbed and twisted off her watch. Meanwhile, his friends pushed her out the door. Then one criminal passed it to another criminal who passed it to another, and off they went. This gang is familiar to us, and while we try to get all criminals, we make a special effort to get those who prey on foreigners. They knew we would get them. Mira smiled and bowed to the officer. And then the officer completed his story, a small child brought your watch in. And I thought, <laughs> unbelievable, the gang turned it in. Um, I said to Mira, you know what, why don't we get the band fixed now? We don't have anything else to do. Okay, she said. The officer heard us. There's a small watch shop around the corner. The man's very reasonable. We walked out the door, down the block to the shop, and there, again, God bless him, the watchmaker refused to charge us a penny for the band or to put it on when he heard our story. A few days later in Pusan, we were walking down a small street, and a little alleyway was on one of the sides. In this alleyway, a large enraged man held a smaller man in a headlock, twisting every now and then to hurt the younger man. All the time, the younger man was just pleading for mercy, and he was ashen white. As the two swept by us, I asked Mira to intervene on the smaller man's behalf. My wife asked in rapid-fire Korean, why are you hitting that man? I own a watch shop, and this fellow stole a watch from me. He's going to jail if I don't break his neck first. And I told Mira, tell him to hit him in the face for us. But she didn't do that. Anyway, uh, Mira got her watch back, repaired for free. The people on the bus were magnificent. The officer was professional. The, you know, at the, the watchmaker shop owner was magnificent. So I'll tell you the truth. In the end, what a wonderful experience, you know? So there it is, uh, the glorious robbery, 35. Um, I told this story to a friend yesterday, and that made me think I should podcast this. And then he said, and it made me think, um, there are so many fakes in, in Korea, fake watches at that time. Um, this watch would have been made in the 1960s or 70s. It, if it's a real Rolex, um, it would be worth a small fortune. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it to a nearby jeweler and just ask not that we would ever sell it. This is Mira's wonderful prized possession. Um, let's see. So two other things. 
Um, the, so what happened was the police knew the different sectors of Busan. So let's say there's the, the, the bus was in sector four. So the police know that in sector four, the, the main gang that operates, let's say we'll call them the Schnargel gang. The Schnargel gang is, does a lot of uh, a bump and push robberies. So they, they called them. You know, and uh, at that time, the police made a, a big deal if anybody preyed on foreigners. And so they called up these guys and said, look, we know who you are. We know what you did. You got a foreigner. Do you want us to really look into this? Because we're going to put the squeeze on you. And uh, apparently they hung up. and <laughs> They sent this little boy over there. With, uh, with the watch. I mean, that, that's amazing, you know. That's just amazing. And then the other part was, was kind of funny. So uh, the, when this story was published in the, like I said, in the Monterey Herald. And uh, my wife teaches Korean to, to soldiers um, who are going to go to Korea to do interrogations of, of North Koreans that defect and anybody they catch. And uh, there's a huge amount of Koreans that are professors there. There's nearly 200. And um, uh, one of them read this story. And I also, when I, in, the, in the story that's in the paper, I, I comment you know, on how, much, how gorgeous my wife is, and she's really beautiful, and la, la, la. So this Korean professor, she reads this. And, um, and then this was before she knew us. And then when she, she finally knew us and said, oh, so you wrote this about Mira? She's not that beautiful, which I think is really funny, because she is. That's kind of cute. So anyway, uh, that's the story on the glorious robbery, and I am pleased that it happened. So thank you very much, and uh, there will be more. Adios.